At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Just the two of us. Jack, Just Peter. The two <laughs> of us. <laughs> uh, we can make it if we try, right? That's the we lyric. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. All right. Jack, Peter, Just Baseball Show. Friday, October 14th. Getting you set for game three in Guardians, Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, Braves recapping game two of astros mariners this is gonna be a loaded show man and and we're recapping braves phillies and recapping dodgers padres because we've missed a lot we missed a day jack was traveling arm is now going to florida happy 89th birthday to his grandmother honestly he's lucky because he doesn't have to be on this show he's lucky because this one is going to be a banger it's going to be a banger. Um, unlucky in terms of like FOMO, but lucky because, you know, he, he's not going to have to shower after this because this is going to be such fucking heat coming through your earbuds. Sweaty podcast incoming. <laughs> incoming. You ready? We're going to start it with like the take of all takes from me. You know, I don't come with takes that often. And I told you right before we hit record, I've got something I need to walk you through off the top. Jack told me he's smiling. He says, oh, swing, 27.5. And he says, I'm going to walk you through something. Presses the record button. And he does this all the time. I just have to sit here and blindly react to whatever he's going to come up with. And I'm never ready. So if if my response isn't perfect, I'm not ready for this. All right? So So leave me alone. Jordan Alvarez obliterated a baseball against Robbie Ray, 117 miles an hour, ultimate nuke job to walk off game one of the American League Division Series against Seattle. Game two yesterday, 4-2 win, and the game-winning play, the game that decided the game, or the play that decided the game, was Jordan taking a 99-mile-an-hour fastball half a foot off the outside part of the plate and parking it in the Crawford boxes off of Luis Castillo. 
tailing away from him. And I got to say one thing about Jordan Alvarez. So I said on this podcast that Jordan Alvarez will make an enormous difference because he is one of the best postseason performers already at the age of 25 years old. And I took his prop on, you, you heard it on Not Gambling Advice. You saw it on my Twitter. I took Jordan Alvarez over one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. He had 10 of them. And then in game two, I said on the podcast, I'm taking Jordan Alvarez until the wheels fall off. What did he do? Nuke job into the Crawford boxes. He's making me money and he's making the Astros money because he's the only reason that they're winning right now because the rest of the Astros offense hasn't been that great. It's been good. We saw Kyle Tucker hit a home run, but really this offense is on the backs of Jordan Alvarez currently. And Jeremy Pena has been a nice like side salad in front of the, you know, porterhouse steak that is Jordan Alvarez. Yes. But here's the take. You ready? Yes. Jordan Alvarez should be considered the most feared hitter in Major League Baseball. And you would say, okay, do you see the guy that just broke Roger Maris's home run record this year in Aaron Judge? Did you see him? I did. Okay. And to this, I say, Jordan Alvarez is not a better power hitter than Aaron Judge, but Jordan Alvarez is a better hitter than Aaron Judge is. Let's talk K-rate. Jordan Alvarez, in his career, uh, as I pull up his baseball reference, I've got fan graphs for a, a couple of the more advanced metrics here. But Jordan Alvarez, in his career, is sporting a 22.5% K rate. He struck out 19% of the time this year. Aaron Judge, across his career, much much higher as it's I 30 plus or or it's at plus. least near 30 plus and this is also just so you know both of us are wearing backwards hats for yes. all listening on audio if you're watching on youtube you know that we're serious when we both put on the backwards hat correct so judge a 29 percent k rate over the span of his career 25 percent k rate so far this year but let's talk some of the more advanced plate discipline numbers right now okay how about o swing the percentage of swings on pitches outside of the zone to jordan alvarez 27.5 percent that shows you that he's relatively disciplined right aaron judge what does he swing at question is o swing 26.8 percent comparable all right Now let's go swinging strike percentage. Aaron Judge, 11.6% whiff rate. And if you look at swinging strike percentage for Jordan Alvarez, 8.9% whiff rate. This guy is much better at going to all fields. I do think that Jordan Alvarez is a more feared hitter than Aaron Judge is. Because even when you go six inches off the plate away, Jordan can get his hands out and park it. Aaron Judge has swing and miss in his game. Jordan doesn't. I think Jordan is one of the best pure hitters in baseball that happens to be built like the Incredible Hulk, whereas Aaron Judge, power is so much of a part of his game. What I will say is I appreciate the hot take. I love when you come in with hot takes, but this one you're smoking poop for a couple of reasons here. Batting average, right? Bat to ball. Pretty simple stat. Hits. Aaron Judge had a higher batting average than Jordan Alvarez did this year. What if you want to park adjust it? Because you think to yourself, well, Aaron Judge plays in that 
that Little League field at Yankee Stadium. Well, 200-plus WRC+, plus. Jordan Alvarez wasn't that guy. Aaron Judge also has to play in the field a lot while Jordan Alvarez gets to sit his six foot five, 250-pound body full of meat on the bench. And he plays an occasional left field, doesn't play it very well. I know you're not talking about defense. That's not what I'm, I'm here to say. I'm not talking about player. I'm not well, talking about hitter. I'm you're not telling talking me about better hitter. I'm talking about most feared hitter. How was he more feared than the guy who hit 62 home runs? Then the guy who was on that chase walked four times a game game over game in order to then hit the 60 home run. That's the definition of feared. Nobody is just not pitching to Jordan Alvarez. What did Aaron judge do in game one of the ALDS recency bias? That's why I said you're smoking poop. I know. I know. But can you ever see a postseason game from Jordan Alvarez looking like that? Yeah. Three punch outs. Yes. That's not in your That's not in Jordan's game. You're right. But for example, like when Jordan Alvarez flew out to left field, is that is that better than striking out? Like, yeah, he's putting bat on ball. It but is. if we're looking at the full season, like if we're talking about just hits, simplify it down. Aaron Judge has more. You want to park adjust it? You want to do WRC plus? We'll do that too. And he wins on that one. Aaron Judge is a better hitter than Jordan Alvarez is. But I don't think your point of him being the second most feared hitter in all of baseball is that far away, but calling him the most feared hitter is smoking feces. It is. My my thought is you cannot make any mistake with Jordan Alvarez. And even when you execute a pitch perfectly, say 99 that starts on the corner and tails off the plate for a ball and you still get a swing, he may still put it 350 feet away down the left field line. I just don't see Judge doing that. I know Judge can get to outside pitches. I know Judge has hit some very low pitches for home runs. But I think that Jordan is a bit more disciplined at the plate. I think he has more of a tendency to go to all fields. And I think that this guy is just a bit more menacing with the stick. I'm not talking physical presence because obviously Aaron Judge is like, the king in terms of physical presence, right? He walks up and you think, wow, I'm about to take 125 miles an hour off my face if I'm the third baseman. But Jordan, I'm thinking that way if I'm the third baseman, the first baseman, the left fielder, the right field. Anywhere. Shortstop, second base, center field. What I want you to do is I want you to go to Baseball Savant. When you're on the gorgeous website that is Baseball Savant, basically the website that I live on, I want you to go to Aaron Judge's spray chart. And I want you to see how many home runs this man has hit to right field, to center field, to left field. Because if we're over here at the spray chart, I'm just going to count the home runs to right field. These are home runs to right field. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, he hit a 14, lot of them. 15, 16, 17, 18. He had 18 home runs to right field, Jack to right field this is not counting center field we're in center field he hit one two three four five six seven eight nine ten to center field so he hit 28 home runs that he didn't pull you're smoking dog shit dog shit jack i love the take but you got a bit ahead of yourself but i understand why you got a bit ahead of yourself because Jordan during these playoffs 
has been the most menacing hitter. We have a very small sample. We have to admit, we have a very small sample. He did it off Robbie Ray, who he generally demolishes. And then he hit that one home run off Luis Castillo. When in the other two at-bats, he didn't do too very well. Is he probably the second best hitter in Major League Baseball at this current moment? I think you could make that argument. He definitely had the second best in terms of WRC+. I'm still putting Trout up there. I don't care. I don't care if he doesn't even have a back. I'm still putting Trout up there. I'm putting Bryce Harper, who has also been a literal train engine in the playoffs so far. There's a lot of other hitters in that conversation. Jordan is in that conversation. But we're not about to do that to Judge after the historic season that he had. We're not about to do it. What I will say is if you look at the bubbles, Judge and Jordan <laughs> look very, very, very similar. See, this is why I'm surprised that you like Jordan so much, because if we're looking at ex-Woba, quality of contact, not striking out, walking a lot. Do you know who's number one this year? Jordan Alvarez. Do you know technically Jordan, the, if we're looking at ex-Woba to Woba, we he like was to one of the most kind of unlucky hitters in baseball. I saw that huh. from just baseball stats and info. Yeah, just baseball stats and info. Great Twitter account run by Colby and the Mats. Jordan Alvarez top five unluckiest hitter he is a train engine deserves all the praise but when you start comparing him to Aaron Judge saying he's more feared you're eating poop I just don't think you can make a mistake to your Don I agree you can't make make a mistake to any guys you can't make a mistake to Trout you can't make a mistake to Bryce Harper see what Bryce Harper did he just pieced that ball to the outfield in that game two what a swing that was. You can't make a mistake to him either. There is a level of hitter at this point where Jordan is in where you cannot make a mistake to these guys. But there are other hitters involved in that, and Aaron Judge is the top pinnacle right now. You know what this kind of feels like? Dustin actually worded this perfectly. I was on the FaceTime with Dustin, and he was like, why did you idiots pick the Guardians to beat the Yankees in the series? That was the biggest group think ever on the Just Baseball show. And I was like, you know what? You're right, because the Yankees are probably going to win. And I was like, you're right. Why did we do it? Why did we do it? Why did well, we pick Sometimes the group thinks rile me up to the point where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. I'm I in. know. <laughs> Whips me into a frenzy. All right. I'll get <laughs> off my take, high horse. No, but um, it's 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 not like there will be some people listening to this podcast who agree with you, especially what with what we've seen in the playoffs. And when the lights go bright, Jordan has showed up and he deserves all the praise possible. Dude, I mean, this guy hits the ball harder than anybody more consistently than anybody and he doesn't really swing and miss that much i'm willing to call him the second best hitter in baseball yeah fuck okay um i i'll take which that. is a take in itself it is it there's is a, a lot of other hitters in this conversation yeah, going on the so second is still a hot take he's so good and i just never see a world that Jordan gets cold ever at any point ever. in his career ever um, i love him all right, game as a whole, 4-2. Houston got the win. They're up 2-0 as the series goes to Seattle on Saturday. That'll be Lance McCullers and George Kirby. Holy matchup. I don't know what to expect from that one at all. You've got a rookie pitcher making his first career postseason start against a guy that was shelled for pretty much the entirety of the year, was out for almost a calendar year, and here he is, and he's going to spin you know, 20 breaking balls in the first two innings, I promise. But – uh, Framber Valdez went five and two thirds, four hits, six punch outs, three walks. He's really good at limiting runs against him. What I will say is this was not peak Framber Valdez. We needed more from him and the Astros are certainly going to need more from him and Verlander moving forward. But the fact that they were able to jump ahead in this series to nothing, 
with a D-plus outing from Justin Verlander and a C-plus outing from Framber Valdez, magic. Think about it for a second. This was the game the Mariners had to win, right? You have Luis Castillo on the mound. But why the Astros are so good is that they can beat you no matter what. Because Justin Verlander has a really bad start, right? They go down big, and it almost seems like it's over. And then the walk-off home run from Jordan Alvarez against maybe the best bullpen in baseball that the Mariners that the Mariners have. Then, so they win that game. Then you get Luis Castillo, who looked great. He was humming 99. And the Astros' offense is so elite. These were honestly the bad splits for Castillo. He's been worse on the road this year. He's been weirdly worse during the day. But he still... He still nutted up and gave them an ace start. And you know what happened? Jordan Alvarez again happened. Hits that home run off him. Wasn't even a bad pitch by Luis Castillo. That's why what we were saying on our original predictions, and then I changed it. I said Astros in three. I think you said Astros in three. We're all saying, and then we saw what the Mariners did, the fight that they had. And we thought to ourselves, they're at least going to make it competitive. But I think what we're seeing on display right now is a lot of our World Series picks. It takes nothing away from the Mariners. Basically, what they're doing right now is who they're playing is what we think is the World Series winner this year. The Astros are as good, if not better, than any version that they've had in the past half decade. And they've been to five straight ALCSs. This is an elite, elite ball club with a phenomenal bullpen. And even if they don't get A outings from Framber or Verlander, they're in every game. And then once you get to the sixth inning, they put in their slew of guys you've never even heard of, and they win ball games. With this game, it's McCullers versus Kirby. You can't find a game at T-Mobile. Mariners need to win this game. I'm, I'm going with the Astros. I don't know what to tell you. And it's not even because I think McCullers is going to shove and that Kirby's going to get blown up as a rookie. No, I think Kirby's going to pitch well. But what do we think is going to happen at the end of the ball game? Someone's going to step up, whether it's going to be Bregman, whether it's going to be Altuve, who has not even done well this postseason. And it's just the Astros train. And it's not an indictment on the Mariners. If the Mariners are playing the Yankees, the Mariners are playing the Guardians, the Mariners are playing anybody else in the postseason, this would be a five-game series. But this is the Houston Astros, and they are a juggernaut. And it sucks for the rest of the league because they're probably going to win it all. If the Mariners are playing anybody else in the postseason right now, they're probably up to nothing. Probably. Easily. You saw what they did against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are at home playing in the Rogers Center. That's a tough place to play. You know what they did? They came in and stomped them. Was yeah. there a huge comeback? Yes, but that's how good the Mariners are. This is not an indictment on the Mariners. I want to be clear because I have gotten the most DMs from Mariners fans saying I hate their team. I just what? couldn't be farther from the truth. All yes. we do is heap love on the fucking Mariners. It, we we turn on them once and it's over. They, oh. you know, but it really is. It's just wow. Look at this Astros team. You don't even get the best version of Framber, and you have Luis Castillo on the mound, and he gives you an A start. And what happens? Jordan hits that two-run home run, and it's 3-2. Then you can't score off the Houston bullpen because the Mariners' bullpen has been one of the best in baseball. No, the Astros' bullpen is the best in baseball. It is the best. It is. So it's like everything the Mariners do, the Astros just do better, and then they have one of the best offenses in baseball. It's impossible. It's impossible to beat this team. And you mentioned, you know, they'll run out guys you have never heard of because you stopped watching Astros games after the fourth because it was already out of hand, right? And the exactly. starters would just go so deep, and they would pitch every fifth day. They had seven guys start games this year. I think I saw Codify put that out, which was 
far and away the fewest number of starting pitchers used by any team in Major League Baseball. But there was so much continuity there. You had McCullers out for a large chunk of the year. You had Verlander out with a calf thing. But Framber threw every fifth day, man. I mean, Luis Garcia threw every fifth day. Christian Javier threw every fifth day. That is the biggest Astros thing in the world. Christian Javier was a top 10 pitcher in the American League this year. He's a bullpen piece. Yes. What the yeah. fuck? Are you and, kidding me? And not to mention two and a third hitless innings from Hector Neris, Brian Abreu, and Rafael Montero. They are nasty. They just All spawned of out of nowhere. They are nasty. Like, we hear about the Mariners' bullpen, and for good reason, they deserve it. But Montero, Neris, these guys, they are built from something gross. Arm and I both chose the Astros as our World Series winner. You had I had the Astros. You had the Astros as yeah. your World Series winner? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, man. I mean, I was gonna ask you if you wanted to change your decision after these first two games, but no. I have the I had the Astros. I have the Astros beating the uh the Dodgers. I had the Astros beating the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. And then Arm had the Astros beating the Braves. Braves. Okay. Damn, man. Okay. And it's so- not even just because too. The Astros, they're going to go, uh, they're probably going to play the Yankees. I mean, you know, you're probably listening to this and the Guardians play at one. So maybe the Guardians do win this series. I'd be honestly surprised after being in the stadium for game one, the Guardians bats just aren't showing up. Will they show up against Nestor? We're going to talk about it in a little bit. I don't have full confidence that they do. The Yankees have just bombarded Shane Bieber. Well, we don't have to get into that yet. But they're going to then play the Yankees. And the Astros are just a better team than the Yankees. So I wouldn't be surprised if they win that game, that series in five or six. And it's then the Dodgers and the Braves or Dodgers and Phillies. I mean, honestly, the Padres are giving them a run for their money. These are all hard fought. And then they're going to go play the rest of Astros and they're going to get bum rushed. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So they have a day off. They go to Seattle again. McCullers and Kirby on Saturday. Seattle in an elimination environment. First postseason game there since 2000. Place is going to be rocking. Must watch television. I hope the Mariners win that game. I am. I, I'm oh. probably not even going to bet on Astros money. I want the Mariners to win. I want them then to win Sunday's game and Game Five. That's what I want. Do I think it's going to happen? I do not, Jack. I do not. I don't either. Um. All right. Let's jump to Padres Dodgers. Let's recap the game that happened on Wednesday because this was. I'm eating a peanut butter cracker. Okay, that's fine. This was a holy shit, we're here to go game for the Dodgers, or for the Padres. Game one went the way of the Dodgers, 5-3. Julio Arias, you know, looked good. Mike Clevenger looked bad. Everything in between, there we go. It was a Dodger win, but the Padres kept it interesting. I got to say, they hit Arias. I mean, they didn't crush him. And then the Dodgers bullpen came in and just amazing, similar to the Astros. But they kept this game close. Yeah. Um, Padres look good. What I will say... Is it was a hell of a fucking game on oh, Wednesday, Padres Dodgers. That was such a good game. I mean, defense was there. How about the bare hand play and the throw home from Bruzdar Gratterall? I mean, if Big Boy Gratterall is making those types of plays, you know that everybody is hyped up. Manny Machado was picking everything at third base. They got timely hits, a timely homer from Jake Cronenworth. They got to Clayton Kershaw just enough, five innings, three earned. Uh, did strike out six and didn't walk anybody. But, you know, here we are. Kershaw, three more earned runs against him. You Darvish, five innings, a three-run ball. The big difference here, Robert Suarez having a horseshoe stuck up his ass. But that was awesome. That was Will to get out of those innings, and he did. And he gave San Diego all the momentum they needed offensively. 
Robert Suarez looks like one of the best relievers in this postseason so far that I've seen. He is blowing Ched. And then you got Hader coming in behind him. I was on Padres' money line jacket, plus 160, because I thought Darvish's experience against the Dodgers would win out, that he would give them a good start. He gave them a fine start. You know, he left a couple of things hanging. Max Muncy was a big was a big addition. I mean, Max Muncy, if he's hitting two, this Dodgers lineup is so deep. Um, and he hit that big home run. And overall, but the Padres went from Darvish to Suarez to Hader, and that is tough to beat. That is tough to beat. But at the same time, it's not like I'm going to be on Padres' money line for the rest of the series. I mean, maybe, maybe. I got to think about it. Dude. But this was the game that I think the Padres stole. Then I'm pretty sure the Dodgers are going to take the next two. But overall, you got to give the Padres a lot of credit. Their offense does look good. Soto's starting to hit. Machado was just a train engine. He hit that home run off Clayton Kershaw. We, I was FaceTiming Dustin, and he was like, Machado is the best player on the field. And I thought, over okay, a double off relax. Kershaw. Relax. Yeah. I said, relax for a second, though. You got Soto, you got Mookie. And he said, watch Machado play this game. I mean, he is so a good. vacuum at third base, a vacuum. Manny Machado is one of the most underrated players in the game. And, and you know, I, I think everybody considers him a true star. I think they consider him definitely a superstar, but he's not viewed in the same way, honestly, as I think a, a Nolan Arenado is, right? I don't think he's viewed in the same way. You know, he was not being talked about as much as like, you know, a, a Paul Goldschmidt this year. And obviously Goldie had a better offensive season. But what Manny does defensively, along with being that freaking good offensively, makes him, I mean, puts him in rarefied air in baseball. Who are the guys that are as well-rounded or more well-rounded than Manny Machado? Mookie Betts. Aaron Judge. Judge. Uh, Freddie is pretty fucking well-rounded i watch him play he's good at everything he led first baseman in steals what that's kind of it um wait a minute we can keep going um trout is more well-rounded right Mm, probably trey turner no trey turner is not the defender we saw him make a couple errors in that game i even texted dustin i said i just watched the dodgers first mistake since 2016 yes yeah happens I don't know, man. I mean, Manny Machado, like... He's up there, though. And he's going to finish third or fourth in MVP this year. Yeah. right. So, Ron Darling, on on the uh, TBS broadcast in game one of the ALDS, was saying uh, Aaron Boone paid Oswaldo Cabrera the highest compliment a manager can pay a player, and that's that he's a ball player. And, like, that is totally Oswaldo Cabrera. That's also totally Manny Machado. Like, they're not... I think the sleeping on Machado is due to the lack of hustle, which has been real, and that has been documented, and it has been very annoying. That's why Dodger fans boo him out of the stadium every single time he comes up, because he never ran out the ball, ever. I've seen it plenty of times. Saw it with Baltimore, too. Never runs out the ball. So it pissed me off about Robinson Cano in the Yankee days. Man, did he look smooth, but man, did that do not hustle. Manny Machado doesn't hustle, but... He's kind of changed the way he is now. He has been a leader this year for the San Diego Padres. I think he's just matured and grown up and realized I'm the star now. I'm the 300 million guy. This can't happen anymore. I haven't seen no hustling from him this postseason. I didn't really see it in the regular season either. While it was there in spots, of course, it has gotten better. And overall, the perception on Manny Machado hasn't changed, even though he's changed as a player. I just think it's funny, like 
the most impactful Manny Machado has come after he signed the massive contract. And he was really freaking good in Baltimore. And so much of that, you know, $300 million extension that Manny Machado got was because of what he did in Baltimore for all those years. And then, you know, he bounced out to LA. Um, But I mean, man, this guy has just upped it since he got his bag. You don't see that often. Usually it's guys that are playing out of their mind. They get a massive bag and then there's this slow taper off, but he has continued to up what he does on the baseball field every year. Two more things before we preview game three. One, Blake Trinan threw a slider in that game that I, I gasped. I said that was the best pitch I've ever seen. Just a swing and a miss. It was the best pitch I've ever seen. Blake Trinan, I was, I'm, I'm just going to keep going back to this FaceTime with Dustin because I thought it was hilarious. And he was watching it with my friend DJ, who's also a Dodger fan too. These guys were going back and forth. We said, would you rather have Blake Trinan or Mariano Rivera? Like that's how nasty Blake Trinan looked. So that's one. Blake Trinan, not from this planet. Yency Almonte. So good. So, so good. Another reliever in the Dodgers pen. And I looked him up because I didn't know how old he was. I thought, okay, Yancy Almonte is this 24-year-old nope. that the daughters, he's this rookie. No, he's Pride and failed Colorado Rocky. Are you kidding me? They spawned him from nothing. And now he looks like one of the best believers in the postseason. That was unbelievable. I looked it up and I pounded my fist. And I said, are you kidding me? He's 28. He's 28, Jack. Yeah, I'm aware. Who's heard and- of him? I bet to this day, even people listening to this podcast – Huge baseball fans. First, I want to say thank you. Second of all, I want to ask you, do you even know who Yancy Almonte is? You should. I, Yancy Almonte, I got a text from, from my buddy Cody Voga, who, again, is a Rockies fan out of fucking nowhere. He's a Rockies fan. but He's a fan he said, of the right team. Here's, here's why I think the Dodgers are cheating. And then he sent me <laughs> Yancy Almonte's Rockies career numbers and his Dodgers career numbers. I do want to walk through what he's done on a year-by-year basis with his pitches. He throws the slider 48% of the time this year. He was throwing it 41% of the time last year. Opponents hit 243 against it. 48% of the time this year, same speed, slightly more RPMs, like 100 more RPMs, and opponents are hitting 119 against his slider. We look at Statcast. If you look at, mm, let's say, horizontal movement, the pitch is up about two and a half inches, and it's up about two inches in vertical break as well, which is just wild. The Dodgers said, "Hey, you've got a really good pitch. Do something with it." Let's right? let's dodger it. Yes. How about the sinker? It actually got worse. But you know what they did? They upped his usage of the slider. They lowered his usage of the sinker. If you throw sliders and nobody can hit it, keep on throwing sliders. We're going to make the slider better. That is the Dodger way. That's the Dodger way. Throw your best pitches more. We're going to fix the shape a little bit. And throwing the slider more is going to make then the sinker more effective. And you turn a bad pitch into a good pitch. And then you have one of the better relievers in the sport. And what I even said, I was like, they could trade Yancy Almonte for me tomorrow and they wouldn't even budge it wouldn't matter if Yancy Almonte disappeared off the face of the planet that's how good the Dodgers bullpen is he's just this random spawn who is incredible and if they took him off they put in Tommy Canely remember him Yankee fans yeah he dominated again they have everybody they have everybody Jack they have everybody it doesn't matter who closes they left Craig Kimbrell off the postseason roster they left him off because they said you know what you've been our closer all year not good enough. 
not only you're not the closer, you're not on the team. You're not on the team. We have everyone who's better than you. 28-year-old from Colorado, he's better than you. Sorry, and they were right. Catman and Snell in game three in San Diego. How's this thing going to go? So Blake Snell has done very well against the Dodgers, both this season and in the past. Blake Snell has been better at home. The Dodgers have a bit of a weakness against left-handed pitching this year. They have kind of historically not hit very well. Tony Gonson, again, coming back from injury. How will he perform? The The edge here is the Padres, but the Dodgers are going to win. So everything works in the Padres factor. Every, ugh, everything works in the Padres' favor. I'll probably bet on Padres' money line because I'm going to see all the numbers and I'm going to say, look at that money line and the Dodgers are going to win. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, uh, everything <laughs> in my intestines screams Padres in game right. three, right? Blake game Snell three. was one of Definitely. the best pitchers in baseball for the last two months of the season. It's the first game for this magical Do- Padres postseason run in San Diego. They in played San two Diego. games in New York. They played two games in L.A., Now they come home. Petco Park has been screaming to put fans in the stands for postseason baseball. They're going to sell it out. Blake Snell's going to feed off that environment, and the Dodgers are still going to win 6-1. to That's how the Dodgers do it. They go to a place where all of the life should be in one corner, and they suck it all out and inject it into their corner. And that's why the Dodgers were the best team in baseball this year. That's why they're constantly in this conversation and it just feels like they might be getting over the hump. Tony Gonsolin has thrown 12 and two-thirds innings against the Padres this season. He has allowed one earned run. Um, maybe the under is the play here. I don't know. I'm going to have to go do more research. That's seven and a half, which is honestly too high, which makes me think that it's, again, going over. Who's going to score? Who do you think is going to score? The Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again, both games have ended at eight runs, so maybe maybe it's around – it's right. We're going to have to do more research. You'll hear it on Not Gambling Advice. Yeah. All right. Let, let's but jump to uh, I'm Braves. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, let's jump to Braves Phillies. Game two went the way of Atlanta. 3 nothing. Kyle Wright was absolutely excellent. Zach Wheeler was good until he wasn't. But Kyle Wright, six innings, two hits, no runs, six punch outs, and a walk. A.J. Minter followed with a scoreless inning. Rysel Iglesias followed with a scoreless inning. And Kenley Jansen followed with a 1-2-3 inning. That's the way the Braves need to function. Top down. You get six from the starters, and you go 7-8-9. This is the new night shift. Tyler Matzik had TJ. He's not there. Luke Jackson had TJ. He's not there. Will Smith is a Houston Astro. He's not there. So what do you do? You take that trio and you replace them with Minter, who is in that bullpen, Rysel Iglesias, who signed a massive extension for a relief pitcher this year, who you got at the trade deadline for dirt cheap, considering what he's done for you, and Kenley Jansen, one of the best closers of the 2010s, still kicking and still somewhat thriving in 2022. The Braves are a wagon. They are an absolute wagon. And the fact that they got three against Zach Wheeler, Told you all you got to know about this Braves offense. They're going to do just enough for the pitching. Yes, they did get three off Zach Wheeler, but I think it was a little bit gimmicky. It was on a Reese Hoskins play where he should have caught that. I don't know why it wasn't called an error. 
Reese Hoskins has been doing this all year for Philly. I know Philly's fans know this good and well. This slide, he doesn't get in front of the ball, and it scoots past him, and there's a run scored. How did the guy get on base? Zach Wheeler hit Ronald Acuna Jr. He got on first. Then, you know, a bloop and a blast. Little error here and there. A single. It wasn't Zach Wheeler. My point is Zach Wheeler pitched very well. Pitch much better than the box score would tell you. Yes. I had the Phillies through the first five innings, and it pushed because I was on the money line because both of these pitchers looked ace-like. Kyle Wright, ace-like. The sinker was working. The curveball was working. And this was against a hot Phillies offense that he came in and dominated. At the same time, though, Wheeler looked like a step below Jacob deGrom in some ways. Fastball humming in 97-98, breaking ball wherever he wanted, fastball throwing it wherever he wanted. Fastball had jumped to it. He's throwing fastballs down the middle. Braves guys can't touch it because it's got that extra vertical-induced break that makes it seem like it's rising the extension Zach Wheeler gets. Incredible through five. Little bit of a defensive miscue from the Phillies, but that was it. That's why the Braves are a wagon, to your point, because all they needed was a little, little edge. They needed a little error, it. and it was over. And then before you blink, it was over. I turned the game off. I was like, it's over. You're going right to Minter, to Iglesias, to Kenley. And then I turned it back on the ninth because I thought, well, maybe Kenley might blow it. Nope. One, two, three, over. Braves win. And if I'm – I got to say, I have the Philly series price plus 180. I'm not confident because if, if the Braves – the Phillies have to win the entire game, the Braves have to win an inning. Yes. That's the difference here. Yes. Phillies are a really good ball club. I still think this is a, like, again, Aaron Nola against undecided currently. It's either going to be Strider or Morton. Would we be shocked if Nola wins this game? Not even a little no, bit. Not at but all. then would we be shocked if the Braves win the next two? Not no. at all. This is a great series. Probably the most competitive series that we have in the postseason right now. Yes. Um, so I, I've got it. I guess this is a take. I, I've got to take, and this is just like a momentum thing for you. I think if Strider starts game three, the Braves win. I think if Morton starts game three, then the Phillies win. And, and the reason wow. I say that is not because Strider is a better pitcher than Morton, which is also true. The reason I say that is because Snit has this chance right now to piss on the fire hydrant in Philly. He's got a chance to say, I'm confident that my guy who has been sidelined with an oblique issue for the last month is ready to go. I've got full confidence in this wagon that I've got. Let's fucking do this. That's going to Spencer Strider. A conservative snit would say, maybe he's not ready. Let's get creative with how we use him. And you know what? Like, let's go to the sure thing here in Charlie Morton. I think that shows a little bit more hesitation from Bryant Snitker. And I think that it would be a massive, massive tone setter if he did opt to start Spencer Strider game three. If you were Brian Snicker, who would you go with? Because Strider. here's my thinking. I think I would also, but I have I just have another way of looking at it. What if they went Charlie Morton first time around the order Strider, then the rest? Think so, of it kind of as an opener. But then you kind of waste them then for game four. But this is a pivotal game. Yes. Pivotal. So I could kind of go anyway. If you go Morton, I get it because that's also, I think, Snicker. I don't know if it's conservative. I still think he can win with Morton. Yeah, and I think he's can. confident enough in his offense that they can hit Nola. They can. I just think that 
you know, the Braves have this opportunity to have this badass motherfucker mentality in game three of a series tied 1-1. And the guy that embodies that badass MF mentality is Spencer Strider. It's even though Morton is like the gold standard of badass MF over the previous couple of postseasons, pitching on a broken leg and finishing an inning. But I, I don't know. I feel like that would be stake my claim. We're here. Let's go. If Strider gets the ball in Philly for the first postseason game in Philly. I would go Strider too, because then if the Braves were to lose, then you got Chuck nasty. Yes. And if he loses, he loses. What can you do? You gave it your best shot. You went with Strider because again, you know, there's breaks in the middle of here. This bullpen is getting rested. So you're going to have that entire night shift, whatever you want to call them waiting after Strider. You, you only have to go to Strider for four. Give me four no hit innings, Strider. We're not going to push you or no and throw. Yeah. Four. No. Cause you know, he could do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he's just blowing a hundred and one, he could go four no hit innings and not even blink, but give me four Strider and then go to the bullpen. Then you got Chuck Morton. If you win that game, it's, it's all it's, it's chess. And this is why we're not in the dugout. We just talk about it, which is much safer. I have air conditioning on right now. I'm very comfortable. Oh yeah. No, it's much better. Uh, now, that being said, I don't think we have the insurance plan that Major League Baseball uh, teams do have, which which is the problem there. So we need a good benefits plan that is equivalent to that of the Atlanta Braves, and then uh, we can really be cooking with gas here. We need more money. We need a lot more. <laughs> so much more money. <laughs> but I don't hate the idea of having Charlie Morton available out of the bullpen and, and figuring it out in game four. Um, I also think that Morton, I know Strider was a reliever when he first came up, uh, last year, but I feel more confident in, in Morton coming out of the bullpen than an off the IL Strider coming out of the bullpen. And I know Snit said if that game two went to extras, Strider would have been available. Um, which, which was an interesting thing to say. I'm not sure how much he meant it, but here's my thinking here. Yeah. I think you go Strider and then the bullpen and then you go Chuck in game four and you actually don't mess with both of them in the same way because you have enough bullpen guys. You have enough. You have Jackson Stevens. You have Dylan Lee. There's so many guys in there that can get out. I also feel better about Strider in a non-elimination game if he's not 100%. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Rookie. You never know what's got on the road. It's not tough. even not even rookie. I'm not concerned about the rookie thing. I'm concerned but about just young. It, that does matter. That matters in, in games like this where you've never been there before. I know everybody else has been there around you, but when it's loud, when the entire crowd that you see is, is painted red, yelling just vulgarity at you, that is that's pressure packing. And like, no matter how what rookie you are, no matter how well you've done during the regular season, that is tough. I would go Strider in this game and then give it to Chuck in game four. I think you were right on there. Yeah, and remember his outing in New York in the regular season, right? I mean, I was a guy that kind of crumbled under some pressure, but I don't think Strider's going to crumble under pressure. My big concern there is apparently he's thrown off a mound twice in the last month. And if he sucks, then you're down 2-1 instead of going home, which is big. It is big. That's why I think this the Phillies are still in this. We've been doing a lot of Braves talk. Phillies are still in this. Their bullpen has been still impressive. 
Very here's, impressive. Here's the thing, man. We're talking, we're asking so many questions about what the Phillies are going to do in game three. You've got one of the best pitchers in baseball on your end going in game three, especially over the back half of the year. Phillies ain't worried about their starting pitcher. They're if it's the same thing great right now. Right. If you're Kyle, if you're the Braves and you went Kyle Wright, then those three. If you're the Phillies, you get seven from Nola and then you go Alvarado, Sir Anthony. Who's beating that? That's why I like the Padres in that game. That's why I might be on the Phillies in this game. Yeah. Because you get seven from Nola. Let me just look. Let me do a little bit. I want to see how Nola has performed against the Braves this season. And it's not everything. It's definitely not everything. But against Atlanta, he's thrown 34 innings against them this season. He's three and two with a 367 ERA, 34 and a thirds innings, 14 earned runs with 41 Ks, 227 opponent batting average. So the Braves know that they can beat him. They're very comfortable with Nola. They've seen him plenty of times, but Nola has also seen them plenty of times. And Nola is at home. This is going to be a great game. And we give you a better preview on who we think is going to win, but we don't know if it's going to be Strider or Morton yet. We don't know what the pitching plan is going to be. This is a very hard game to handicap. Okay. I say if it's Strider, Atlanta wins. If it's Morton, Atlanta loses. Could be just like that. Could be just like that. Wouldn't be shocked. We wrap with Cleveland and New York. That was pushed back from yesterday to today. There was a bunch of rain in New York, but now we get a 107 first pitch between Shane Bieber and Nestor Cortez. And I'll be there just like I was in game one. Colby and I are going to be there in building. I got to say, I do not want to be Cleveland right now. Bieber. Let me read you. Uh, let me read you some more stats. Bieber on six days rest. This is from talking Yanks Four two ERA Shane Bieber against the Yankees ERA over seven. And he hasn't pitched in Yankee stadium, but it was hard to look better than what Bieber looked like, but multiple butts here that was against this putrid Rays lineup how's he going to do in Yankee Stadium when the Yankees offense is rolling how's he going to do Jack how's he going to do Nestor Guardians have not been very good against left-handed pitching Yankees have the momentum here they have been unbeatable at home this season got to give credit where credit is due the Yankees have been a juggernaut in Yankee Stadium that stadium we're talking about loud that stadium is loud those fans are hungry the Yankees have confidence going in that while Bieber has been great they know that they can hit him I don't know if the Guardians have this confidence that they can go up against a lefty that they haven't been hitting and it's not like Nestor Nestor has had a better regular season than Shane Bieber let's say that also right now the pitching advantage leans the Yankees the bullpen advantage is it is, I don't know they're both awesome offense also leans towards the Yankees with Shane Bieber struggles against them specifically. This could, we group thought the Guardians, but at the same time, this could, again, just be the Guardians with this game, and then it's all, it's going back to Cleveland. Let's see the Yankees win in Cleveland. But I think the Yankees take it 2-0 seriously here. So Shane Bieber threw 23 sliders <laughs> in that wild card game one against Tampa. Yeah, no one hit him. 10 swings and misses on 23 sliders. Yeah. So Shane Bieber was perfect. But like four of those were like Isak Paredes and Jose Siri. Okay, but Jose Siri went yard. And if Jose Siri could go yard, if Jose Siri could go yard, like how do you think Judge is going to do? 
So what I will say is obviously Shane Beaver needs to be perfect, right? Needs to. I'm just not going to put it past him doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I think this guy can actually put together a perfect outing. I not, I'm not talking perfect game. Yeah. I'm talking executing every pitch exactly where it needs to be. You got a fastball spotted by Austin Hedges on the inside black against a hitter. I think Bieber can put it there and then snap off a knuckle curve that bottoms out and bounces right behind the point of the plate and then go with the slider off the plate away that starts on the lower outside corner and then go back to a fastball up and in. Like that's the kind of sequence that I think can fuck anybody up in Major League Baseball. And that's something that Shane Bieber and few others can do. Perfectly execute for 100 pitches. And I think that this guy might mess around and do it. Wouldn't be shocked. But I feel like you're group thinking yourself again. I totally am. I totally Gun to your head, am. who wins this game? Gun to my head, who wins this game? You die if you pick the wrong guy. You pick Dude, the wrong guy. I don't want to die, so I'm not going to pick it. Is that fair? No. I'm killing you. <laughs> I'm fucking leaving now. I'm going to shoot you if you don't give me a team. Well, guess what, man? We're on Zoom right now. You can't shoot me, okay? <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> I know where you live. I'm coming to your house. Give me a team. Who's winning? I did, I did text you my address for that Manscaped shirt. Uh, I know where you live. Who are you picking? So the reason I'm going to say the Yankees is because. We I should have done this. We picked the Guardians because we wanted the Guardians. I wanted the Yankees, but I hedged <sighs> happiness. We should have went with the better team. And that's the Yankees. Guardians fans, you know I love you. You know I do. I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? Did you see what happened in game one? And you're going to see what's going to happen in game two? Who beats left-handed pitching in that Guardians lineup? On Ahmed the year, Rosario. Andres Jimenez and, and Ahmed Rosario, and that's it. Oscar Gonzalez had like a 740 OPS. Andre Jimenez somehow mashed against lefties. 336 with an 887 OPS. But everybody else is under an 800 OPS. And I'm looking at Straw, Quan, Miller, Arias, Naylor, Hedges, obviously. Hedges is going to be at like a 300 OPS against everybody. But all those guys are under 700 OPSing against lefties this year. So... I just don't think that there are enough guys in this lineup to beat a left-handed arm that is going to go six in Nestor. And I think that one mistake from Bieber can screw him. I just have this weird, overwhelming sense of confidence that Bieber can throw 100 pitches and not make a single mistake. But that's what you're betting on. You need perfection from Bieber. Yes. Terrifying. And I don't think we're going to get it. And you talked about like, you know, a couple of those guys who hit lefties. Well, the Yankees as a team have a 745 OPS this year against righties. They mash. They're at Yankee Stadium where those splits, like to give you uh, what I'm talking about when I talk about how good the Yankees have been at home, 766 OPS as a team at home, 737 on the road. They mash at Yankee Stadium and they have a 759 OPS during the day versus 747 at night. Kind of also weird. Um, Nestor's been better at home I don't know what to say Anything else we gotta hit on? I don't think so I think that's it I think that's it Jack What an episode Backwards hat type of episode Use code October15 Check out Jack Look how handsome he looks And it's just baseball merch Get you some of yours And remember Use code October15 In order to get 15% off That link is in our episode description and if you are at a baseball game wearing your just baseball merch, take a picture, put it on your social media. We will 
put it on our story. We will tag you. We want to shout out more people putting their just baseball merch on. I think that's it. So with that, thank you, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.